the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rescuers Radio Show Ministry. You can find us at uh, Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And we are on podcast almost everywhere. Just just Google uh, Rescuers Radio Show and you'll find us. So I have a great guest here this morning. I'm really excited about uh, hearing his story and uh, Darian Bennett. Darian, good to see you. Nice to see you, Art. <laughs> Glad you're here. Good so when here. we first met, we, we didn't spend a lot of time, but today we're going to go deep. Okay. You know, we got a half hour, even though it does fly by, but um, uh, but we're going to start, start off like I do with every uh, guest I have in, because the show is not about me, it's about you, it's your story. Uh, what's your backstory? How did you get here? Well, it's... Uh it's probably a similar story. There was a, I grew up in Santa Clara, California. My dad was an engineer and a football coach. So I started playing sports um, competitively at about age six and um, continued on all the way into college at San Jose State. And um, <clears throat> the whole purpose of my life then was to play football. And so uh, all the things that went with that I did work out really hard, um, got big, got strong, um, enjoyed hurting people and <laughs> doing stuff like that. All part of the game, right? It's all part of the game. <laughs> but that led to a, no, a bunch of other things. Um, that kind of mentality did not work well uh, in real life. Uh, and so I had problems with relationships. I got married. Um, I got divorced. I got married. I got divorced. Um, I had a drinking problem that started uh, to show itself in all kinds of different ways. My job was at risk, and my my life was kind of out of sorts. Uh, I met a man um, who shared with me in Tucson, where I was living at the time. I was working for IBM Corporation, um, who shared uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd never heard it before, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, I told him I was not interested in anything that had to do with church or religion or Bible, but he, he pursued me. Uh, he, he kept, um, meeting with me and, um, there came a time where I just, uh, something turned inside of me and I uh, went from not wanting to hear that I wanted to hear and then not wanting to believe to believe. And then from that moment, things changed dramatically for me. Uh, the drinking changed, the fighting changed, the, uh, the screw-ups in terms of relationships started to change. Oh. Um, 
I meant the uh, I meant the love of my life. You make it sound simple, but I, my guess <laughs> is it wasn't that simple. No, there's a <laughs> there's a couple of arrests in there. there there's um, there's um, there's a number of things that I'm not proud of um, that uh, that I did along the way, and there's people that I that I, I re, that I hurt. I regret that to this day. Um, that I wasn't nice to, I wasn't kind to, I wasn't compassionate with, I wasn't loving, I wasn't forgiving. Made it hard on my parents uh, who loved me. Um, difficult. I'm the oldest of six, and I'm supposed to be the example, and I was really a bad example. And uh, But once I came to Christ and uh, began to uh, be discipled, uh, that changed everything. And the result of that was is that I started learning something about not just myself, but about other people in relationship to how God sees them. And um, I became very compassionate and uh, driven uh, to disciple guys. That kind (laughs) of took me to where I am today. I'm a pastor and uh, a leader of ministry uh, for men, and um, that's what I do. I've been doing that for 30 years now. Now, you pastor where? At the Trinity Church off of uh, the 101 on McDonald. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned in some of the material I, I read about you, uh, special skills in nonprofit organizations management. What does that mean to you? Uh, how to, how to um, manage a ministry, a, a not-for-profit, um, Christ-centered ministry. Yeah, good. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of parts to that. There's a whole lot of parts uh, that um, you don't necessarily learn. I went to seminary at Phoenix Seminary, um, but they didn't teach that. That's something that you've got to pick up along the way somehow, and usually it's it's by it's by experience. So I've been doing it for I think I was incorporated uh, as a not for profit ministry in 1994, mm. and a lot of mistakes along the way, a lot of false starts, and yeah. uh, however. Um, like I said, you learn you learn as you go. So um, you, at some point in time, you became really focused on men's ministry. What what was going on then? Well, so the the man that led me, he ended up leading me to another man, um, and one of those men was uh, somebody that was pretty famous at the time, on radio uh, here in Phoenix. His name was Larry Wright. Oh, <laughs> he was yep. called Lucky Lawrence. Yep. Back in that time, I was in a Bible study for a long time with Jimmy Walker, who came out of that group, and Terry Hamlin is a good friend of mine who came out of that group, and it was it's awesome. Yeah, Larry, a lot Larry, of roads lead through. Yes, <laughs> Tom Schrader. Yeah. Um, so Larry began to disciple me, and that was a game changer. Um, and then he handed me off to Tom Schrader. Uh, I learned a lot more things, and that eventually led into full-time ministry, going back to um, to school, going to Phoenix Seminary, getting an MDiv, and then eventually uh, being a pastor at Scottsdale Bible Church for over a decade. So, um, and then the men ministry part it, just sprung. sprung it it came that. out of that. Yeah. So Larry's discipling me. And at one point, after about a year of being disciple, I said, "What do you? What should I do now?" He says, "Well, you you, you need to go disciple somebody. You need to go make disciples." Mm-hmm. So he gave me a, a a skeleton kind of process to use. I've been using it ever since, and um, that's what I started doing, and that led to 
is uh, a ministry called As Iron Sharpens Iron, which led to another ministry called Men Coaching Men, which led to the <laughs> chaplaincy program, which led to the J3 discipleship program and, and counseling and on and on and on. So along that path, you've encountered men that were troubled. They were they were on a bad road. They were wherever they were in life. They were like me, and you and you you were called to disciple them. Yeah. So one of the best people to do discipleship, and I'm in that category too, by the way. <laughs> well, and you understand that's why you and I hit it off immediately because if you've been there and you 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 already know what yeah. the other guys. Uh, is probably going through, not necessarily precisely all the yeah. details, but you have a sense yeah. and, um, and you have compassion. You're not judgmental. Yeah. You don't put them down because he's made mistakes. You understand that we make mistakes. Uh, the important thing about mistakes is not repeating them or not repeating them so often. Um, at some point uh, I had to grow up at some point I had to start learning how to do the right thing the right way for the right reasons. And once that started to take place in my own life, it made me way better equipped to help somebody else do that in their life. So you've been, uh, you have a, uh, you're the president of Men Coaching Men Discipleship Ministry. Yes. And is that anchored at the church or is it, is it just you? You've got. It's, it's. It's definitely supported by the church, okay. the Trinity Church. Yeah. It was supported by uh, Scottsdale Bible. I mean, what's not to support? You, yeah. you have a ministry that's reaching out to yeah. hurting, hurting men, <laughs> yeah. and you have men that are trained to do Bible studies, to, to uh, do discipleship with men one-on-one or within a group. So it's one of the functions of the church that we should be very, very aggressive about. Um, quite frankly, I don't see that very often in a church where they do have an aggressive stance in regards to making sure that men are discipled. It's true. Yeah. We do couples— we do groups. We do stuff like that. Um, we seem to be very uh, zealous about that from the church standpoint, but not so zealous in terms of making sure men are equipped to do ministry. Yeah. So um, you, you're a very special skilled guy. And, and uh, by the way, um, it took me two failed marriages before I turned my life over to the Lord. <laughs> and, and number three is we have our 20th anniversary coming up at the end of this month. So congratulations. And, and it's the first time I've ever had a relationship grounded in his, in him. Well, that would be, <laughs> that would be the same for me. I, we just celebrated 25 years in nice. March. Yeah. Um, but I can echo what you just said. And I say, you know, as hard as it was going through the previous uh, marriages and the breakups of, of those relationships, um, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody, but God used that um, in me to change me. Yeah. So men just don't wake up in the morning and say, I need a Bible study. How do you, how do you go about recruiting? How do you go about inviting them what's the process there so the you know the that's a great question the main the main uh, step in the process is prayer i pray that god would use me i pray that he would send me Mm -hmm. i pray that he would help me be impactful and helpful um i have a license plate on my truck says i break for hurting men i pray for hurting men i don't even know them uh, I know there are literally thousands upon thousands of them right here in this town yeah. in, in Phoenix. I agree. Um, um, 
God has a way of directing that traffic. That's what I've seen over 30 years. Um, I have a website, but I'm, I don't know how many people go to the website. There's information on there uh, at mencoachingmen.org. But the main thing is word of mouth. Yeah. So you help, you know, somebody helped me, and I just told you who it was. It was Larry Wright. It was Tom Schrader. It was R.C. Sproul. Mm-hmm. Um, those men took time to mentor me and teach me and disciple me, and uh, I've taken the baton from them and then passed that on to other men. And, and then and those men do the same. If I remember a description of that Bible study, there were like 300 to 350 men, right? Yes. At Bethany Bible, I think. Was that was that where it was held? I don't even know. Right at now. Larry's? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Bethany Bible. So... Um, so you have even gone to the nth degree to not just invite people into a quote-unquote Bible study or a study for men. You've written a wonderful study guide, haven't you? Yeah. I, I, so I tr- you have a method. Well, I've tried to put things down just in case you know I were to disappear. There would, <laughs> there would be some kind of footprint that was left behind that might be helpful. So yeah, I have a... I have a uh, a booklet that's called the JC Discipleship Manual. Then I have a, a small little um, summary of that called J3 Discipleship Primer, 12 questions, 12 answers. And then I have the chaplaincy program, which is a uh, very highly structured uh, 36-week program that uh, ordains men to be ambassadors for Christ or chaplains uh, at their local church. So let's break that down. You've got three different modules and uh, let's talk about the um, the learning to be a chaplain. Yeah, so a chaplain, you know, depending upon your background, a chaplain is someone, and by the way, these are Christian chaplains. You mm-hmm. can't just necessarily say chaplain and assume that all chaplains are Christians because they're not. But this is a program that is specifically directed at uh, that's Christian. An, that's an important point. It is. Because when I started doing this art, I, I wanted to see what was already out there, yeah. and there wasn't hardly anything out there. Yeah. Uh, when I did, and I searched all across the United States, even in Europe, as uh, in England, I couldn't. I never found anything actually that was comprehensive. I found some things that um, a little bit on pastoral care, going to hospitals, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but hardly any theology training, and almost no ministry leadership training. So what I did is I made the three modules, theology, pastoral care, ministry leadership. And the whole idea was to supply a, 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 a full-orb kind of presentation of what it means to be a Christian chaplain theologically, what it means to be a Christian chaplain from the standpoint of pastoral care, not just going to hospitals, but how to take care of uh, hurting people within your church. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be some counseling, discipleship, mentoring, and then ministry leadership, how to do Bible studies, how to be helpful to the pastor of the church in terms of, of um, helping others be discipled, mm-hmm. um, and basically how to take, how to lead, how to delegate, and things like that. So That takes skill. It's it yes, and uh, we take those things for granted sometimes. But somebody has to teach somebody yeah. how to do those things. I want to remind our our audience that in case you tuned in late, uh, this is the Rescuers Radio Show, and Darian Bennett is my guest today. Really glad to have him here. We're talking about uh, coaching men, uh, discipleship ministry, and uh, along with that, a chaplaincy program. So, what's it take to get into that program? Well, for the 
for the chaplaincy program, you have to have a pastor or another chaplain or somebody that is already involved in a uh, uh, legitimate ministry vet you and sign for you. Everybody has to have somebody sign for them because I don't know everybody. That makes sense, yeah. So, um, and I don't want to just train somebody for the heck of it. Uh, I want the, uh, I see this as something that God has given me to do, and therefore it has a divine purpose attached to it. So I see the idea of wanting to be a chaplain as a sacred thing. It's a, it's a sacred calling. And so somebody has to vet the person who's going to do this. You need to be a Christian. You should be serving somewhere um, or at least have a heart to serve. And uh, it does cost, uh, there is a, a fee for it. It's $500 per module, so three modules, $1,500. Um, it's a lot of training. It's not easy. It's actually reasonably difficult mm. um, because what you have to learn is somewhere between general knowledge and very specific knowledge. Probably some of it is at least a seminary-level uh, education. Um, I know what that is since I had one, so I know what they're looking for, yeah. and uh, I know what, as a pastor, what you need in a church uh, to do the work of a minister and to be somebody who is helpful to ministry. I know what that takes. I know what you need to know, and I know the kind of heart that you have to have for that. Yeah. So I'm, lo- I'm looking for things like that. You know, you're using your sports background because this is kind of a training camp. <laughs> Actually, Art, nobody's ever said that, but that's true. It, it is, 100%. Yeah. So, um, uh, you, and you don't do this by yourself, do you? I do most of it. Most of I, it. I have two other men that uh, help me. Um, I have one that helps me organize and then administrates. I have another one that helps me with some of the teaching and the follow-up. It's not just the training of the chaplains. It's we need to we need to do things to keep these chaplains involved. Yeah. So we have um, continuing education for the chaplains, um, and we also try to keep this like a brotherhood. Uh, we have over 50 chaplains already trained here in Phoenix, a couple of them outside of Phoenix, different states. Um, men do fly in, train, go back. They pay. So, so is this a one of a kind in the country? Or? It's the only one. Really? Yeah, it's the only one. There is nothing like this. Wow, nice. There's no, chaplain, there's no Christian chaplaincy program like this at all. Wow. I say that matter-of-factly because I designed it this way as a result of not, tr- not being able to find anything compatible to use. I was gonna, well, what I was going to do is I was just going to piggyback on what somebody else had already done. But there wasn't anything done. Wow. So what you see there, yeah. in fr- you know, the three different modules, that's, that's a combination of about 12 years' worth of work. So you made a, uh, an interesting comment when we started talking about this uh, chaplaincy program. Some people declare themselves as chaplains without being a Christian background. Oh, yeah. That's kind of scary. <laughs> you have Muslim chaplains. Oh, okay. You have Ju- All right, different, different you faiths. Have Judaism okay. All right. chaplains. But, but they're fa- faith-backed. Just not Christian. Back. Uh, There's only one faith, so yeah. any other faith is a <laughs> is a counterfeit faith, which would be a demonic a- faith. Amen, brother. Yeah. So I mean, I mean Satan himself had a faith. He had yeah. faith in himself that he was right, even though he was wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> still is. And still is, and will always be. Yeah. So, um, so this is awesome, and 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 you you must have friends around the country that help promote this, or so. You know, some of the chaplains uh, were trained here, and then they moved. 
and they move to some other place. And what I've gotten some of them to do, not all of them, is to go ahead and represent the program, and I help them teach the, the process. I show up. I'll, I'll go to at least one or two of the classes during the time. There's 36 classes, and I'll go to graduation. So if they're willing to do the, 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 the heavy lifting of teaching, then I will supply the materials. That's amazing. And you've written... This is original material that you've written yourself, right? Wow. All, all three modules sitting right here in front of me, these huge booklets. And, and uh, yeah. Quite a bit of information, as you can see. Things that you've learned along the way. And, and, uh, so, so a lot of it is a result of, uh, of um, seminary, but, and then coupled with personal ministry um, experience. Yeah. I mean, I've been a pastor now since 2006. I was in ministry since 1994. So the combination of that, put that together. Uh, ministry is complicated mm-hmm. because you're dealing with um, you're dealing with the fallen world and, a, and fallen people. Yep. And just because someone is a Christian doesn't mean that he doesn't have issues. We have issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Holy Spirit who's helping us work through those issues. But the way that the Bible has uh, declared that this is to be done. This is to be done by way of the Holy Spirit through other people. Yes. Working with you, helping you, yeah. coming alongside you. Um, we call that discipleship, mentoring, counseling, helping, loving, uh, all of that. So do you think, uh, how do you see your ministries giving hope to the men that come into these programs? Well, <clears throat> Sometimes the men that are coming into the program, they need hope, mm-hmm. but most of the time they know people who need hope and they want to be trained and equipped to help them. So the hope that we have is in, is, is in Christ Jesus. Colossians one twenty seven says that, that he is the hope of glory, Christ in us. So we have a hope that, that, that exceeds anything that the world would have to offer, but you have to be a person who actually knows that who's experiencing that, who actually can't just say that, but you've got to live that. Yeah. So we have lives that are, that are, that are full of life, that are full of, of energy. Uh, we're not, Christians should not be people that are sour. We're, we have the fruit of joy. We have love, joy, peace, patience. We have these things that are, that are resident in us that are supernatural. Therefore, we should be if I am a Christian, I should be exhibiting those fruits of the Spirit on a regular basis. It should be the norm yeah. of me, not the exception. So that's one of the things that we're really trying to help guys understand, that if you are a Christian, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need. You, there's not, you don't lack anything. <laughs> You've got everything. The problem yeah. is you don't use hardly any of what you have. <laughs> so you're filling out the gap. I'm going to fill out the Standing gap. Standing in the gap. And I'm going to stand over the top of them, and I am going to make sure that they hear that often. And I like what you said. They're, they're going to be sponsored by a pastor at a church. When they go back, you turn them back to that pastor. You're not going to be coddling them. And, and, and yeah, we're not trying to recruit any guys to, uh, <laughs> to Trinity Church or Scottsdale Bible or CCV. No, we want to help all the churches. Yeah, exactly. We have a heart for all the churches, and we know that there's there's good men in all the churches, and uh, and there's a great need for the men to be trained. The church cannot do all the training. You know, when you look at the the past year and a half in our country and in the world, for for that matter, with the we were upside down with COVID, 
and and the spikes were all of the things that involve men, domestic violence, addiction oh. rates. Um, you know, if you go down the just go down the list. Yeah, they're and all up. They're all up. Suicides. It, suicides. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. Um, how do you get your arms around that is what you're trying to do. Yeah, we're trying to do that really one man at a time. Yeah. We train one man who has a whole bunch of connections with him. And hopefully if he has if he has the training to go forward, he can be an encouragement to people. So uh, a Christian chaplain is someone who offers comfort and hope. The comfort comes from the, from, uh, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. So we call that the ministry of presence. Yeah. And we want guys to be trained specifically on how to, to use that. So the short answer to your question is we train men so that they can be uh, agents of hope. And that's so important because in this day and age of technology, you can go on the Internet and get a license for weddings or what. And you don't even it doesn't care who you are. Right. No, it doesn't matter anymore. No. And, and that's sad. Yeah. It used to be you had to be uh, licensed by the state yeah. in order to do that, and uh, a legitimate clergy would be one of the uh, categories where you would be licensed. That's not required anymore. However, we want men trained on how to do a wedding um, legitimately. Or sit in a hospice care. Or do hospice. Yeah. Hospice care is very specific. It's vital, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a separate level of yeah, training. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just be a hospice chaplain without training. Yeah. Darian, this has been great talking with you, and I learned a lot from you when we met personally, but here in the studio, you've just uh, taken it to another level, and thank you for all you do. God bless you. Well, thank you, Art, for having me. Darian Bennett, our guest today on Rescuers Radio Show, uh, heard on Faith Talk 1360 and 1360.com, Thursday at 5.30, and then it goes to the podcast chain, and you can find that. Just Google Rescuers Radio Show. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM.